What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Grind Podcast, where I talk hunting, entrepreneurship, and the daily grind, and what it takes to earn success. I'm your host, Eric Van Workham. Uh, we got Pistol P, the sheriff. <laughs> sheriff P here. What up? What up, uh, Aaron? What's going on? What's up? Happy first birthday to your little girl. Thank you. Was that actually the birthday yesterday? Yeah. Okay. That was her birthday. Cute little thing. Um, I want to give a quick update on uh, my wife because I've had people email in. Um, we got news that it was a uh, mini stroke. Um, we've had a couple opinions. One opinion was a blood clot to the brain. I have a brother who's a cardiologist. Uh, he's not entirely convinced it is a mini stroke. He believes that if it is a mini stroke, there's um, either a blood disorder or there's a hole in her heart. Um, um, and, you know, um, blood caught to the brain would kind of explain some of the tingling she had in her nose and, um, you know, numbness in her hands as that blood caught traveled up. So we don't really know. Uh, again, we're told a little mini stroke. She's going to be okay. Better rest, which she won't do, but just try to relax. And that's a big thing. It's been a really stressful, stressful year, stressful move. Um, you know, and she's got five little kids and one on the way, 34 weeks pregnant. So I just want to give everyone an update there. Thank you for all the prayers. Um, honestly, the DMs and emails have been overwhelming. So thanks so much for keeping us in your thoughts and prayers. Aaron kind of saw it firsthand. It was a pretty scary deal. Um, I was headed home from SFW and didn't know if I'd be raising <laughs> five kids on my own. And the thought came across my mind. And I, <laughs> the next thought that came to my mind was, this is what you get for being so hard on your dad for raising five kids on his own. And I'm like, this is what I get. This is what I get for being so hard on my dad. And um, sign of maturity for sure. I know I've talked about that last in the last two, three podcasts, but I was like, man, I was so hard on my dad growing up and I don't know how he even survived raising us kids, five kids by himself. Yeah, he had a lot of help from his mother, his mother-in-law and father-in-law, my grandpa and grandma Chug, my grandma Van Workham. Um, but I can't imagine him coping every day uh, with us trying to raise us five little kids. And some of us, some of us were hard and some of us were great and, yeah, he had great kids because of the foundation that was laid by my mother and him and then also my grandparents. But yeah, on the way on the way to the ICU, I was like, man, this is what I get. This is what I get. This is what I get. So um, problem is with TIA, they can be more prone. It doesn't mean a big stroke's lurking, though. That is a myth. Uh, but she could be more prone. Doctor actually said yesterday that she could be on aspirin the rest of her life. And I just don't believe, I just, I don't believe it was a mini stroke. I think it was something else. Um, I think it was blood clot, uh, that got absorbed in the brain. Um, I hope it was that. Um, and if she didn't have some of those symptoms like the nose and, and the numbing in her hands, I'd have said maybe it was just a, a really bad, a migraine. Cause apparently there's some migraines, hema something migraine that can cause uh, stroke symptoms. So, um, at any rate, pray for mama bear, um, She's honestly the foundation. We've got to do everything we can, even the three of us sitting here in this room, to alleviate some of her burdens, uh, especially here at the business because she's very involved here. Um, but anyways, thanks again for the prayers. Moving on, uh, this is day six of the 12 days of podcast. You want to earn a buck and hoodie, also called the Mule Deer Country hoodie. I don't think we changed on the website. Um, then you screenshot a review left on Spotify or iTunes. Send it to me and tell me what you like about the podcast. And you will be entered to win. Now we need to pick one for day number f or podcast number five, though, right? Yes, for the one we did that we released yesterday. Okay, Dan Salmon, 
You're the man. You won. Man, I enjoy your podcast. This episode is no disappointment. I really enjoy listening to you guys rag on others. I think he means our friends because we don't rag on others. <laughs> uh, I think he means teasing one another, Tyler, me, Aaron Payton. I know it's all in fun and games just like we do with my buddies. I'm sorry to hear about your wife. Hope you guys find strength and recovery. My favorite part about the episode was the understanding the origin and the story of Mealy Freak. It's awesome to hear how MF molds each of us. Oh, oh HF. I think he means Heavenly Father there, if I'm being honest. It's awesome to see how HF molds each of us and how he hands in everyone and how he has his hands in everyone's life. Keep up the great content. So, um, Dan, you're a winner. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for the review. I'm writing him right now. Nice. Good review. <laughs> yeah. That's a great review. Email him right away so... So I don't forget. So you don't forget. Because I've been telling the names on the podcast, like, who did I pick? I know we got to go back and listen to see who I picked. So, yeah, hopefully we're good. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we want to talk about kind of what we've been dealing with the last year. We put out some videos um, of kind of what was going on once these articles hit the internet uh, and people started blowing up, making assumptions and so on and so forth. And unfortunately, charges don't tell a story. And, uh, uh, I was I was hunting in Idaho and received permission to hunt a specific piece of ground. Kind of went over the details, game plan, why I shot a deer. Uh, another individual was after who was also hunting the property. Um, There's a little bit of misunderstanding. Ultimately, loaded my buck, sent me home. Everything was fine and dandy. Well, until two or three days later, um, you know, I can only speculate why someone or minds were changed two, three days later. I don't think that's here nor there for this podcast. But uh, before you know it, I was charged with unlawful possession of a trophy mule deer misdemeanor. Um, unlawful or unlawful take of wildlife while trespassing. To, so two charges, two misdemeanors. Well, I didn't have a shred of evidence that I had permission. So this is a he said, he said thing. Uh, it was pretty scary. I didn't know what I was going to do. So the only thing I could do was have some sort of conversation with the landowner and um, talk through why this might have been a misunderstanding. I, I can't think in my mind why it was a misunderstanding based on the conversations that I'd had with him. So the only thing I could think to do was um, record a phone call where he admits to give me permission. So Utah is a one-party state. Um, I called him up, kind of discussed through a few things. Um, part of the phone call, I'm, you know, I'm obviously apologetic for the misunderstanding. I never meant to shoot his boss's uh, deer. The plan was that Saturday before when I came up, uh, just to confirm that we were still getting permission because I'd been there earlier, was this individual was going to be hunting the front side of the property um, where he kind of had a blind earlier during archery season and I was going to be hunting the back side of the property. So... Anyways, this individual didn't know I was there. Uh, one of the landowner's requests was that I wasn't to be seen by anybody, which many of you say is a red flag, which, yeah, looking back, it obviously is a red flag. Um, the landowner expressed to me during some of my conversations with him that he gets bombarded with permission, and I can understand that he gets bombarded with permission. So out of respect to him not getting bombarded more with permission, I was to remain low-key, a.k.a. not be seen. Uh, that's in court. He admitted to telling me not to be seen, and he admitted to telling me that he wanted me to hide from this other individual. I didn't know it was he was telling me to hide from this other individual at the time. So anyway, I'm going to play a snippet of him saying on the phone call is a misunderstanding. I'm also going to play a snippet of him uh, admitting that he knew I was going to be bow hunting his property, but he didn't know I would be up there with a rifle. Um, maybe maybe it was a misunderstanding. I I have a hard time 
I mean, I, to, in my mind, I had no idea that you were going to rifle hunt. You asked me about bow hunting. I never heard anything about hunting with a rifle. You never shared that with me at all. Even though that I'd driven up there the day before the hunt and let him know it was a rifle opener and wanted to make sure we were still good for permission. Um, so again, this, I, this, I didn't know what to do. I caught, obviously, the mistake I made was not getting it in writing. Even though it's not Idaho law to get permission in, in, in writing, it was definitely a big regret and something um, others can learn from. Uh, well, when it came time to file a plea with the courts, we tried to get a hold of a prosecutor for weeks and weeks and weeks, um, even into months. We couldn't get a response. I'd been going through my phone and found that um, my daughter had taken a few photos and videos of me getting permission from the landowner. Uh, one of the photos had uh, the landowner holding the gift that I'd given him for permission uh, the day and a half before the hunt opened and a few snippets of her conversation. Um, so we tried to, you know, stop this from the very beginning saying that, you know, we had permission, couldn't get a phone call back. Well, when it come time to file a plea, uh, I filed my not guilty plea. And within an hour, uh, the charge was amended from a, uh, misdemeanor to a felony. Um, you know, I can only speculate again why that got amended once again, once I filed my plea, but it's neither here nor there. Um, and then it came to hearings after hearing. And then eventually it came to a little pretrial. Um, you know, uh, obviously offers were thrown across the table that I wouldn't even consider. Um, and, and again, guys, it's like once that felony charge hit, like my world crumbled. It was very scary. I didn't even know what a felony was. I called my attorney and said, hey, what's a felony? He's like, well, you lose your light, your right to um, possess, a, possess a firearm. I'm like, what? And so things became really, really real, really fast. And you know, I maintained my innocence and, uh, uh, came to pretrial. Some certain things were allowed. Um, and you know, your attorneys wouldn't let me testify and, unless it was going to go to a real trial. So, you know, we tried to get certain evidence in through individuals, uh, Peyton and Aaron, others. And basically things we got out of it was, you know, uh, Eric had permission or permission to cross the back of the property. Um, not where he was hunting. Um, and that's not true. I, there was never the conversation I had with the landowner. Um, it was never, Hey, you can hunt here, not there. It was never, Hey, you have permission to cross here to get to BLM. It was, I was hunting the backside of his property and, and you can see the backside of the property right from the garage, uh, the driveway, which we went kind of went over the game plan from his driveway where I would be hunting. So there was absolutely no confusion there. I can't imagine how there was any confusion there. Um, well, some of the important things we learned, the piece why he wanted me to hide is because um, the individual hunting the property uh, was his boss. The landowner has a boss in, in the cattle company, and they had been watching a buck ever since archery season, and they were pursuing the buck that I ended up killing. You know, and, and they, I think they thought I believed I shot it on purpose right out from underneath him, and that's not true. Um, the sun was coming. We have video evidence. The sun's coming up over the, over the mountain. It's 10, 1030. We're within earshot of the landowner's home and property. So we didn't have a suppressor on. We had a break. We weren't trying to hide anything. We're in the middle of the wide open. And I shot the steer at 1030. And it took us probably 20 minutes to set up on the steer because the sun was so fierce. And um, again, the, the game plan for the opener was that, they were, that those other individuals were going to be hunting the front side of the property. Should have stayed out of each other's way. Like 
never in my mind did I think that there was going to be any sort of conflict. So we ended up stacking the backpack so we could kind of block the sun so that we could try to uh, mitigate that sun glare coming through the scope. And uh, we ended up killing this deer. Well, within, you know, half a minute, uh, someone started yelling, where's the deer? Where's the deer? I told them to be quiet because I didn't know where the deer was hit because the sun was bad. It was a fatal shot. Deer died within 20 steps, if that. And we came to the fence. He's like, you don't have permission to be here. I said, I absolutely have permission to be here. He goes, who gave you permission? Told the landowner's name. He goes, when did you talk to him? I said, it was just at his house on Saturday, making sure I was good on permission still. He goes, well, he didn't say anything to me about it. I said, well, I don't think he wanted anyone to know. I think he wanted to be low key. So they went and called the landowner. They said, oh, well, take care of your deer. We're going to keep hunting. So he said, why don't you take my four-wheeler and take it out? I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, why don't you go ahead and take the four-wheeler, grab it through the front. That's the way we do things. That'd be the easiest way to do it. I said, I said well, how do I get over there? He said, why don't you go ahead and drive through the front, pull through the gate, wait right there, walk across the field, grab my four-wheeler and take the deer out. I looked at Peyton, um, who Peyton is the landowner's great nephew. And Peyton hunted it growing up as a kid. Um, I looked at Peyton, I was like, are you sure? He goes, Peyton looks at me and says, uh, that's the way we've always taken the deer out. So I thought, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, one thing we never discussed with the landowner was how I would retrieve a deer. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Um, it turns out that really, really upset the landowner the way I came through the front gate to get my deer. Um, and again, that's that's on the recorded phone call. I can attest that he, he, wasn't ups, he, he wasn't upset that I was on his ground hunting. I have the phone call. Um, he was upset that I came through the front and he thinks that I purposely shot the deer out from underneath his boss, which isn't true. I had no idea they were right there pursuing that same deer. I didn't see them. We had no clue they were even there. Not the deer were feeding calmly. There was there again, there wasn't a, there wasn't any indication that there was other people pursuing these deer because of how calm we were. And there was nothing in sight and the way the, the, the roll of the hill laid, you couldn't see behind the hill. Well, it turns out they were just beyond that hill. Well, <clears throat> uh, anyways, uh, you know, I meet the landowner on a two track on the way back down. Uh, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? He goes, you shot their deer. Uh, that was the deer they were after. And, uh, he was really upset about how I shot their deer. Um, obviously, I essentially embarrassed the landowner in front of his boss. I, the boss didn't know I was there. It um, it just wasn't a good look for everyone. All of a sudden, this guy who'd gotten permission. So anyway, conversation is landowner and the boss helped me load my deer in front of the truck. I'm like, what are you guys going to do? Like, I can go help you guys get a deer too. And he's like, no, we can. I mean, everyone was pretty chill. Everyone was pretty cool. No, I can... Um, you know, we can get our own deer. You don't have to help. I'm like, well, I don't want this to hurt us, me having permission in the future. He's like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to let you come back next year, but why don't you take your buck home and have a good day and best of luck to you. Exchange numbers with uh, the boss and I, and things were fine. Uh, until two days later, um, I had a hot landowner on the phone. They, they helped you load the deer and sent you on your way. Correct? They loaded my buck in the truck, you know, said they'd think about maybe letting me hunt next year, but didn't, didn't know at that point. Yeah. They admitted in the pre-trial and, and on documents that they helped you load the deer and sent you on your way. Yep. Yep. That was, 
like if someone's trespassing or didn't or ha- didn't have permission to be there, you wouldn't load their buck in the truck. No. Okay. You'd, you'd call fishing game right away. Yeah. If you, if you weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. And and they let you use the four wheeler, and you took it out the front, and that's how we'd always done it. In past, like recently, we drove through there and taken it out that way. So that like that's how it was. That's just how you do things up there. So. No, no one thought like it would come to this, especially how, how people are acting. And, and again, I just, I just want to be clear. If, if I owned ground and somebody trespassed, shot a big buck off of my place, I'm calling fishing game right away. I'm not helping them load their deer into their truck and saying, have a good day. Just, yeah. just to be clear. And so. like, I would, if someone, you're filming everything. Yeah. I'm there following you around with a camera the whole time. Like, if you're trespassing, sneaking on there to trespass, why would you film it? Right. And so we have all, like, you talked about the sun clips. Like, that was stuff we showed in court because we had it all of me and Eric hunting because I'm filming everything. Like, so that's, like, all on court, like, document, too, yeah. like, that they asked us about. And I was completely appalled by this 180. Um, cause I'd had, had such wonderful conversations with the landowner. Like I'd spent hours and hours, like I'd even probably have considered us friends with how much, um, we told about our own individual lives, both of our businesses. Um, you'd been to his house twice now, been to his house twice now. Um, you know, there were some guys up there kind of skirting the line on his property. I made him aware of that. Like I was completely 180. And he, 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 his response was, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm like a lesson in what to make sure to get written permission. You know, one of the things he said on the two track is he says, guess you should have had me put it in writing was one of his comments to me. And I'll take that to the grave before Jesus Christ himself. That's what that individual said to me. Guess you should have had me put it in writing. So he, so he sent you on your way, said, have a good day, loaded your bug, sent you on your way. Yeah. And uh, he, he called me back up. He's like, Oh, why don't, why don't you bring the deer back? I'm like, what are you talking about? This is my deer. You loaded the buck in my truck and sent me home. I don't know what to tell you. He goes, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you bring the antlers back? And you know, we'll just make this go away. I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm supposed to donate these antlers back. You know, I'm like, okay. I'm like, listen, the buck means nothing to me. Like if that's going to make this guy happy that he can go hang these on his fence, fine. Brought the antlers back. So at this point, I'm like, now what? I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, I call my attorney. The response from my attorney was, uh, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, make him happy. So, you know, I cut this meat up really nice. I'm like, well, maybe I'll donate this meat back to him too and maybe see if that makes him happy. So text him, say, hey, man, I'm coming up again. You know, I'm going to give you this cooler full meat. You can decide what you want to do with it and donate that back to you. So as I pull in there, then obviously there's two fish cops waiting for me. I'm like, you're freaking kidding me. You know, he'd never, he never threatened me with the fishing game during all this time. He's just like, man, just donate it back to me, blah, 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 whatever. So I get there and, you know, apparently my attorney, um, was, I told them to call the, the the fish cop so he could explain this. They played phone tag. And they never had a conversation. So I, I was written a I was written a citation two citations before I could have a conversation uh, with the fish cop, which was really 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 upsetting. 
Uh, I get there. They asked me a few questions. They said, hey, do you want to tell your side? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my attorney's waiting for a phone call. They're like, okay, we'll give them a call. Well, they go to their trucks, write me tickets, whatever. I'm like, I can't even believe this. I'm like, is this real life right now? <laughs> and at that point, I don't think that anyone believed I had a shred of evidence. Um, mysteriously, air quotes, mysteriously, uh, there's recorded phone calls with all parties, um, with except for the landowner, the key witness. Those disappeared. There's no body cam footage of it. Um, there's no recorded phone calls of it. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, in the state of Idaho, you have to have it marked on all the corners and have lock gates with chains. Um, what was other some of the requirements in Idaho? None of that stuff's marked. He doesn't even have grounds to write me a ticket because the place isn't properly marked or locked, okay? Aside from the fact that I had permission or even interview me or talk to me, just write me a ticket. So that was pretty disappointing. He admitted in court that he didn't... Um, that he didn't properly investigate or check and see if there's permission. Hence the bad fish got past tag. It was, it was too excited to write a ticket to, you know, do, do the proper investigation to figure out what's even going on with this situation. Like red flag. Hello. He loaded the buck in my truck. Okay. Like, come on, man. Oh, he'd been at my house earlier, blah, blah, blah. Now, I have some theories, and I'm not going to speculate here on this podcast of why um, this officer was so gun how about, about doing this, but I think I know why, but um, I'm not going to go into that. So one thing I wanted to mention, too, um, you talked about how we, you know, we had a pre-trial after, earlier this year. Um, one of the things January. is... One of the things that was mentioned there is um, the landowner said that he, he knew you were going to be there during archery season, but he didn't know you were going to be there during rifle season. Essentially saying he gave you permission to hunt, but it was during archery season, not rifle season. Um, but one of the things that he admitted to also in court is when you went up the Saturday before the opener, you showed him your rifle and what right. rifle you'd be using. And he looked through the scope and, you know, commented on how nice the rifle was, etc. And so he admitted in court that, that he obviously looked at your rifle, looked through the scope, said it was nice, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yet he didn't know it was rifle season. Right. So he, he, he didn't have an answer for that. Yeah. But he, he knew the individuals were going to be coming up hunting the front side of the property October 10th, but didn't know they were hunting with a rifle. I mean, it's his boss's wife that had the tag. Um, super, super fine family, like, Super kind, nice, whatever. Well, that's that's one thing people like. It's not like you went up there, grabbed the deer, and left. We talked to him for like thirty-five minutes. Yeah, we forty minutes. And there wasn't like, hey, let's get in a fight, or hey, I'm mad at you. Hey, like, it was really, really friendly. Well, and then they were joking. We like, they're like, oh, for drama, you should do a fake fight for YouTube. Like we were joking around with them. Yeah, it was like it was completely fine. And, you and know, then, he, yeah, that's when the offer was extended. Oh, let's use my four-wheeler to take it out. Yeah. It, dude, it was cool. Like, yeah. it was very friendly. There was no confrontation. There was no screaming or yelling. It was like, it was very low-key. Like, nothing. Chill. Friendly. Yeah. And Help, we're, helpful. We're like, hey, can we go help you get a buck? Yeah. There's still another really nice buck in with them. Do you want to, they just went around that corner probably. Do you, you want us to go, go with help? you and try yeah. to help your wife get on this deer? Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You guys yeah. just take care of your deer. Um. 
you know, upon killing that deer, I tagged it immediately too. Um, and you know, I didn't have anything to attach it with. So I put it inside of the body cavity and they tried to say I didn't tag the deer. That was another lie that didn't happen. Cause I tagged immediately Peyton. You witnessed me tagging immediately. Correct. Yeah. You'd put it inside of it and then we tied it to the four wheeler, yeah. drove it out. Yeah. Then we tied it to the four wheeler, borrowed the four wheeler and drove it out. Like again, never in a million years did I imagine this 180. Um, like just completely dumbfounded by it. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, a few days later or so that I realized I had these snippets of video and photos on my phone and I sent those to my attorney. And that's why we tried to call the prosecutor at the time to be like, Hey, look, here I am the day before the hunt in his driveway with him. And when those are presented in court in front of the landowner, he's like, Oh, I don't recognize Eric in the photo. Oh, I don't recognize myself. Oh, I don't recognize my voice. I don't recognize that's my fence. I don't recognize that's the hill in my yard. I don't recognize that's my building with Eric's son. So we couldn't get those videos admitted into evidence without me testifying, which they weren't going to do unless I we we went to trial. Yeah. So, yeah, in the videos, you clearly ask for permission. You hear the landowner's voice say yes, um, and. And, uh, you know, you specifically point out in the video or you talk about where you're pointing out in the, that's where I plan on going. He says, sounds good. Speaking of the backside. Um, but again, uh, the landowner just sat there in the pretrial and lied. And so they didn't get admitted in, which I, was the point you were just trying to make. So, yeah. So, you know, we're trying to get a hold of this prosecutor to try like we can't even get a call back like it's into january it's been three months still can't get a call back from these guys these guys just want to flip me an offer and uh try to get me to plead guilty and lessen the charges uh, i think at that time it was like unlawful possession of a trophy mule deer which misdemeanor so they dropped the trespass give me unlawful possession of a trophy mule deer uh take my you know try to take my hunting license for all 50 states for five years I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, so so finally we we send these videos over and he's like, well, you edited one of them. You edited, where's the long conversation? We're like, nothing's edited. These were taken by a three-year-old. How could a three-year-old do this? Are you kidding me? How many three-year-olds take their parents' phones and shoot hundreds of videos? Anyway, so I, I mean, here's what it come down to. Um, I shot the landowner's boss's buck before they could shoot it. I would say out from underneath them, but they weren't, they weren't even in sight. They were on, they were on the other, behind the other hill. So I don't know how that could be out from underneath them. It wasn't on purpose. The landowner told me their plan was not the front. I didn't think it was going to be an issue. Um, one thing to think about too is you don't, if you're getting permission, like just knocking on a door and someone else has permission, there's going to be some inherent jealousy. Like, especially if you kill one of their target deer and they've been hunting the property for years. Like, think about it. I'm just a dude, comes by, drives by one day, knocks on the door and gets permission from somewhere that everyone tries to get permission from every year. And only one individual has permission to hunt the property for years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden he gets permission to some rando in, in his mind, this boss's mind. Like that would up that would up that would upset you if you had like this dope piece of property you've had it all to yourself, and all of a sudden landowner who you employ, like let someone else hunt, you'd be pissed. 
Yeah, but it's not his property. It's not. But and, yeah, and, and you, you know the boss see. said that. You know, so landowner can let whoever he wants hunt. I'm like, yeah, man, he can. Yeah, so you know, articles were written. Uh, I'm sure they got lots of clicks, lots of <laughs> lots of ad revenue from it. Uh, felony poaching charges. They took one of my uh, hunts here in Utah, made it that was on YouTube, and made it seem like that was the issue at hand. So then I had people coming in on that video because they took one of my photos, which you know that's technically defamation because it had nothing to do with that. It made it tie to one of my hunts in Utah that was a non-issue, and you know everyone thought I poached a deer and trespassed. There you go. No. And again, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk because anything I do can affect me. Right. I can't say anything. Oh, he must be guilty. This, that, and the other. That's when we finally came out with those videos. Like here's, here's the evidence I have. We kept it to the court facts, blah, 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 and move forward. Well, you know, as time went on, you know, uh, the landowner wanted to get things dropped. Uh, he was over it. He was done. Uh, he wanted to chalk this up as a misunderstanding as well. Like this, this is, this is silly that we're still doing this. They wouldn't drop it because it already been turned over the courts. Um, and then we're left with a potential trial date. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll die before I have to admit that I did anything wrong because I didn't do anything wrong besides not getting him to write it on a piece of paper and sign it. And, uh, so anyway, uh, we, we, you know, the, the week before the trial, we decided that we were, uh, you know, there was even a point we were going to do some charity work together, uh, the landowner and I, and, um, you know, and he seemed and, open to it. And he seemed for, open to for it. A time. And, and we were going to break bread and be, be like, you know what, this is silly. We're going to work together. Let's, let's help, let's help out others instead of trying to, uh, keep dragging this on. Well, that never happened whether they wouldn't let it. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate there. So fast forward a week before trial, we had a mediation and, um, you know, basically it was a retired judge who we met with, who was like trying to get, trying to get things resolved. And, you know, I'm from Utah. This is Malad, Idaho. Uh, judge basically told me the retired judge who was a mediator said, you know what? Um, you can decide to cut this. We don't like Utahns. You guys come up here, uh, and recreate here. We don't like it. If you think that you're going to come here with all the evidence in the world and beat a jury of this farmer's peers, um, it's a roll of dice. You want to risk your life in a felony, uh, to roll of dice over this, over he said, he said type of deal, or do you want to try to get this resolved? I said, well, obviously I'd like to resolve it, but I don't feel like I should have to accept any, any ticket. I said, because I had permission to hunt. And so we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so we ultimately came up with all hunting charges were dropped. Again, I'm going to repeat that. Um, all hunting charges were dropped. Uh, felony possession of a trophy mule deer dismissed, uh, unlawful, uh, take a wildlife while trespassing dismissed. All wildlife charges were dropped. Well, um, during mediation, judge says both parties need to give. So part of my give was accepting, uh, Alfred plea for a disturbing the peace. And again, the Alfred plea is you maintain your innocence, but realize that a, uh, a jury of 12 could still potentially find you guilty, but you maintain your innocence. So I accepted uh, disturbing the peace and then also a civil trespass from where my truck was parked. Remember, uh, I was told to retrieve my deer, to go around the front, park on the edge of a cultivated field, walk down a two track. I mean, the edge of my tire was parked a centimeter over the two track into the edge of the cultivated field. It wasn't in the field. It was on the edge of it. And that's one thing I can honestly say that I never went over with the landowner. I never said, hey, 
how can I retrieve this deer? Can I go through the front? Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess I should have, so I, sh- I should have, you know, went over with the landowner how he would want me to do that because he was very, based on the phone call, he was very, very upset with how I went around the front of the property. Yeah, because the boss told you to go around the front. But I wouldn't have done not it. Not the landowner. Yep. I wouldn't have done it unless the boss told me to or told me told me to and told me it was okay. Um, according to Idaho law, like it's not only the landowner that can be in charge, but an agent of the landowner. And when the boss told me that he was the landowner's boss, I had accepted that as, oh man, well, I better do what I'm told here so I don't upset anyone. Um, so, you know, I, I, landowner never told me I could go around the front and the boss told me to. And if I have to accept a civil, uh, trespass for that, then, um, that is what it is. So, uh, all while life charges dropped, um, there's going to be some community service. Uh, I'm looking forward to that actually, uh, already started that, uh, that I can get back to the community, uh, nonprofits, uh, government agencies. It's a non-hunting related thing. It's a civil trespass and disturbing the peace. And again, I, I I wouldn't have went around that front and parked where I did with my truck tire if I wasn't told to by the agent's boss, bottom line. And it came down to, okay, well, am I going to risk my entire future and um, uh, a felony in a small town where there's small town politics against his friends and hope to win as an outsider and outstater? Or can I accept this disturbing the peace ticket, $250 in a civil trespass from where my truck was parked for $250 and pay some court fees? Um, I can live with that. And to put this behind me, uh, put it behind my family, friends, peers, and just move on with my life, I'm ready to do that. And, you know, I, I'm, I am sorry for the position I put the landowner in. No, I... I can for, forgive what he's done to me. Uh, I don't harbor any hard feelings. Um, I don't know. It just, it's it's hard to imagine that someone could do this to somebody else. Um, and I, I don't know why. I can sit and speculate, but I don't want to sit and speculate. Uh, the conversations when I got permission were wonderful. And he was amazing. And I was very transparent. And like I said, it was 180 when I was discovered by the boss. It was like, didn't even recognize me, act like I never even talked to him before. It was like, is, is this even real? Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm moving on. Hopefully everyone else can move on. I'll, I've already paid my two $250 fines, my court fees, and um, I'll accept the dirt disturbing the peace. Once once, uh, once that community service is done, the judgments are lifted, and um, it'll essentially go away. Uh, but I, I pride myself on being an example, and even having my name in, involved in something like this is a great disappointment. And uh, I'm sorry for that. I'm going to cross my T's and dot my I's and be more careful. And hopefully others can learn from this as I've learned from it. Yeah. Get, get your permission in, in writing. So through this process, one thing I, I think is interesting is we've, we had a lot of people reach out. I'd say 25, 30 people reach out with similar situations where, 
um, yeah, they they wrote in and they're like, Hey, a landowner did this to me. A landowner did this to me. Yeah. Hey, a landowner did this to me. And so, um, someone gave someone permission to hunt when it was being leased by another party and the landowner still gave a guy permission to goose hunt or something. Yeah. One. Yeah. So, uh, m- yeah. And that was just the other day that uh, a guy reached out to me and told me his story, which was very similar, but it was goose hunting. So, uh, point is, is if, if you, if you ask to, to get it in writing, a lot of times I feel like that, you know, if it is a shady landowner, like that's going to, they're like, oh, I'm not going to sign it. And yep. that's good. That's good. That's you, your you don't get permission and then <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not going to be hunting, which but is. We went to Montana, got permission. Like we, we were asking for, for it written, written permission. And the landowner's like, if you don't trust my word, then you yeah. don't deserve to hunt my property. Yeah. There, there was a, there have been a lot of upset people over, you know, there's been two hunting seasons, I guess the rest of the hunting season after October, when it happened to you, October, 2022, we went to Montana. We probably asked five or six different landowners. Same no, answer. No, yeah, no, you can't trust no me when I tell you yes. And then, you know, through this last or through this hunting season, 2023, same thing. Like landowners haven't wanted to do it. Sometimes they'll do it through text and they'll be like, well, here's a, you know, a text you have. And we have had a few do that, which makes it really nice and easy. So, um, but my point is get it, get it in writing. It's so listen and and don't put yourself in pain in this situation. Peyton and I, and I'll, I won't speak to Aaron because Aaron wasn't the issue here. I get permission from four to eight landowners every year in four to eight different States that I've never even met before. And I've never had a single issue and I've never had it asked anyone to put it in writing and I will going forward. But my point is I didn't ever imagine something like this could happen. Wouldn't have been in my wildest dreams. I couldn't have, couldn't have dreamed it up or written it up. Um, some people saw an opportunity and ran with it. And again, I, I basically didn't have a shred of evidence that I had permission other than a few photos and snippets of videos. And then it ultimately was, compelled to do a little phone call I could get him like admitting I had permission bottom line I had permission and and I accepted the Alfred deal which is I maintain my innocence but I can live with this and um didn't have to admit any guilt whatsoever Uh, all wildlife charges would drop and we're moving forward so um hopefully everyone can learn from this and as I've learned from it and thank you to, uh, I, I, so a lot of, I just want to point out a lot of good happened through all this. Yeah. It was terrible and caused a lot of stress on all of our families. Um, especially you and Janessa and all your kids. Um, and Peyton had a lot of stress through it all. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of heartache and, and restless nights and all of that, but a lot of good things happened. So I just, I just wanted to, and I know you will too, but I just want to say thanks to everyone who supported us through this. And there's a ton, um, a lot of good people reaching out, making sure we were okay and supporting us. And, you know, a lot of you continued to support us through, um, you know, purchasing gear through our store and, and, um, you know, even reaching out on, on social media and forums for us, you know? Um, and so I just want to say thanks to all those who supported us through this. We really appreciate it. And, um, yeah. a lot of good, a lot of good and growth happened this yeah. last year, despite all of the challenges that we had. I mean, we tripled our business. The business tripled as a result. It's a result of a good product and as a result of the publicity and a result of, uh, people supporting us. So if they wanted to destroy our business and cancel us, they failed. I mean, we blew up. Yeah. So thank you to, again, everyone. 
Yeah, if you guys don't mind sharing the story, like if you see a forum thread or whatever, it's like, here, here's the landlord. You don't give people tickets over a, a misunderstanding, okay? Number one, got the landlord admitting a misunderstanding. Number two, uh, he's clearly gave me permission. He didn't say it was only in the back half or only had permission to walk through or whatever he was telling. The story changed all the time. He knew I was up there hunting, okay? He's just claiming he didn't know it was with the rifle. Although I was there the day before the rifle hunt asking if it was okay if I came for a rifle wasn't granted for just one little specific spot. It was like I had permission to hunt. Um, the, the other thing I just wanted to point out, and I said this on a couple podcasts ago on the 12 Days of Christmas podcast, but I just don't don't be that person that's going around on social media and forums just talking shit on people and making fun of people and talking down on people. Like, you look like an idiot. Don't, don't be a dick. Don't be, don't, don't be a keyboard cowboy. Like you're not going to grow from putting other people down. I just, I got a DM yesterday. Um, someone called me a, a poaching bitch or something like that. Um, it was like a (laughs) 20, 22, 23 year old. And, uh, his, his, his like profile, like where you, What's that called? Sorry, I'm having a brain fart. On your profile where you can say like husband, father, blah, blah, blah. His is a proud member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and he he DMs, he he DM me and I think the Muleyford page both. And he commented like four times on uh, Instagram posts just over the last little bit saying the same thing, trespassing, poaching, bitches, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude. Take take your little profile words off of being a a proud member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, or don't have Christian on there. Don't have any like you are not being a Christian. You are not being Christ like. Like you look like a fool, like going around and and I'm sure he's somehow related to somebody over there, right? That's sure. upset. Sure. And so, but he looks like he looks like such a fool. Like don't be that guy. So. But just don't be that guy on social media. Like put, you don't know, you don't know the story. Down. You don't know the story. Yeah. So don't don't it, cast judgment. Don't yeah. don't it, be so quick to it, judge. And it made me realize, like, how many truly innocent people have got charged with something? I I can't imagine. You know, the landowner even saying this is a misunderstanding. This is a misunderstanding at the very worst. Like it was clear as day what my plan was and where I was hunting that day, and with what weapon. And it wasn't segregated to one portion of the property. It was like. We looked at it from the driveway. We pointed. That's where I'm planning on being on Monday. Sounds good. I even told him, I said, I'll show you the buck on Monday. It's like, not I'll a, bring it It's to not you. a giant piece of property either. It's small. There wasn't, there wasn't confusion. No. Bottom line, uh, I, I broke the landowner's rule of being seen. Like, he didn't want me to be seen by the individual hunting. And that was the consequence of me being seen. And yeah, should have had that as a red flag. But I thought it was like, I thought it was like, hey, I don't want freaking 10 other knocks on the door because people see you hunting. That's what I thought it was. So we're moving on, guys. Um, we, we're going to learn from it. And, you know, I'm going on a hunt here in the next few weeks and told the dude I'm coming with, they'll be private. I'm hunting. I said, I will not step foot on that, on that place unless it is written from the ranch owner. He's like, well, I have it in this. And I'm like, no. Nah. I said, this almost ruined my life. So I need it in writing from the ranch owner. He's like, no problem. No problem. So 
it's just an extra step and it's a, it's a, it's a good extra step. So I appreciate you guys. Appreciate the support. Please share this podcast. Um, and, uh, we appreciate you guys share it, share it, share it, share it. Uh, we, we didn't go into the nitty gritty details of everything, but enough to cover it. We're moving on though. So appreciate you guys. Uh, on to the next one.